From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Lots of news to come, so we'll be getting right down to it. We'll be hearing from Robert VK3DN on the WIA annual general meeting. We'll be hearing from Robert again on Intruder Watch and something a little unusual at Felix VK4 FUQ and Ingham has heard. We'll be having a look at the Voice of America and, of course, we'll be going to VK6 and Ono, both for what good is a F call and also to have a look at the City of Lights. All up and coming in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia. Join this week. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. The ITU's 2012 World Radio Communication Conference, WRC12, is now winding to a conclusion next Friday night in a cold Geneva. That will be last Friday night by the time this is broadcast. The WIA has nominated and supported Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, as a member of the Australian delegation to WRC12, and Dale has been reporting on a daily basis to the board. The item of particular interest to amateurs has been Agenda Item 1.23, a proposal to allocate a small band around 500 kHz to the amateur service on a secondary basis. The process of a WRC is tortuous and confusing. A proposal to satisfy an agenda item is dealt with by a committee with working groups and sub-working groups and becomes part of the treaty after it is read a second time and approved at plenary meetings. Dale has now reported that the plenary meeting of WRC 12 has approved the allocation of the band 472 to 479 kHz across all three ITU regions to the amateur service on a secondary basis. The primary service in the band is Maritime Mobile, with aeronautical radio navigation also a secondary service, though in some countries, including Australia, aeronautical radio navigation is a primary service. The allocation is subject to a 1 watt EIRP power limit, though administrations with territory more than 800 kilometres from the borders of certain named countries may allow the higher power of 5 watts EIRP in that territory. There is also an opt-out footnote for countries not wishing to allow amateurs to operate in this band. Obviously, how this will be implemented in Australia will be a matter for the Australian administration. Given the opposition of some countries, in particular Iran, the result has been a great result for the amateur service. There may be other matters of importance to the amateur service decided before the WRC concludes, including agenda items for future conferences. 
Dale, who was also spokesman for the Asia-Pacific Telecommunity, the APT, the regional telecommunications of countries in Region 3, supported the agenda item, has also attended two of the APT preparatory meetings for WRC12 as well as an ITU study group meeting all at the expense of the WIA. No doubt, at the conclusion of the four weeks of WRC12, Dale will be more than happy to come home. A number of people participating in WRC12 have paid tribute directly to myself in relation to Dale's contribution. Many people, the IARU and a number of national amateur societies have contributed to the successful representation of the amateur service at WRC 12. The WIA is proud to have been one of them. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. Not just what happens, but what matters. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. Welcome to the news for week commencing Feb 19, 2012. And still gracing the airwaves at age 101. WIA front page news is reporting on Darcy Hancock, VK5RJ, who has been a licensed radio amateur for some 84 years. In part, the report says that VK5RJ has lived through the birth of television, several wars, but despite the innovation of modern communication, 84 years on from receiving his transmitter's first licence, his voice can still be heard over the airwaves. Still being heard over the airwaves is ABC 3MV Doohan. When it comes to beaming radio waves across fast distances, the Doohan transmitter in VK3 is world-class. Standing 201 metres tall with a 19-metre-wide capacitive top hat, the 3MV mast in Western Victoria stands out in the vast flat landscape that stretches below. Celebrating 75 years of service, it must have been a big undertaking in 1936 to build it because cranes and things like that just weren't heard about. In fact, 594AM has even been heard as far as Canada, Japan and South Africa. The staggering reach is aided by the distinctive top hat and the low frequency on the AM band. While obviously a success, the antenna was the first of its kind in Australia and acted as a prototype for other services. We heard about this on Monday this week, which of course was World Radio Day. Bringing together the resources of the WA State Records Office, the WA Museum and the City of Perth, Amateur Radio is making a name for itself in West Australia and across the globe. Here's Ono, VK6FLAB, with an update for that Aris contact tomorrow. Monday, February 20th at 0900 UTC, the City of Perth will be celebrating the 50th anniversary of the orbit of John Glenn, which he made on the 20th of February 1962. During the celebrations, the International Space Station will be live on stage with students from across Western Australia asking questions to an astronaut in space. Thanks to the dedicated efforts of the ARIS team, NASA and the Hills Amateur Radio Group, the general public will be introduced to amateur radio and its role in providing Earth contacts between the crew of the International Space Station and schools, amateurs and others. There'll be trackers from Ushay and Carnarvon, amateurs from around the state and a host of dignitaries on hand to make this an event worthy of John Glenn's achievement. 
John Glenn will be part of the celebrations with a message for the people of Perth and Rockingham. If you're unable to make it to Northbridge in Western Australia, you can listen in using IRLP, Echolink or a web stream. Details are available on the WA Museum City of Light website and the Hills Amateur Radio Group website. The cast to pull this off is enormous and we'll be adding a list of credits to the Hark site in coming days. Next week we'll have a report on how it all went down. Needless to say, it's getting very exciting. T-minus one day and counting. It is the WIA National News Service. The WIA National Field Day happens Saturday and Sunday, 14-15 of April. It's where amateur clubs and radio enthusiasts across VK activate public relations demonstration stations to raise public awareness and showcase the hobby. WIA National Field Day, now in its third year. The Magic Band, despite Channel O analogue TV transmitters being progressively taken off-air as part of the VK Digital switchover, the ACMA reminds all advanced licence holders of the existing licence condition determinations, LCDs. Work to amend the LCD will start after the switchover is completed at the end of the year. It affects Queensland, New South Wales, ACT and Victoria. Now, the LCD currently prohibits operation in the band at a place that is less than 120 kilometres from a main channel oat station or 60 kilometres from a translator using this channel. Have you registered to attend the WIA annual conference being held in Mildura over the weekend of the 25th to the 27th of May? This action-packed weekend of activities kicks off Friday evening with a meal at the Mildura Settlers Club. The Settlers Club has to be one of Mildura's best-known historic icons, with a history dating back to its formation in 1893, where its members were typically professionals and the more successful property owners of the area. Yet after nearly a decade of operation, in the early 90s the club ran into financial difficulties and was forced to close. Down but not out, and with one extreme makeover and some genuine TLC, it has again become one of Mildura's most successful function centres, renowned for its quality meals and relaxed atmosphere. Yes, that same, very same relaxed atmosphere it offered back in the 1800s. After the evening meal, Alan Cameron, one of Mildura's well-known successful businessmen, a balloon pilot and a marriage celebrant, will provide an entertaining and informative talk entitled... Sunraysia Past, Present and Future. The following morning, Saturday the 26th, the WIA will conduct its annual general meeting and open forum in the ballroom of the Mildura Grand Hotel. The AGM will commence at 9am sharp and will be followed by the presentation of a range of awards. The open forum will then follow with reports of the various WIA activities that took place over the last year being presented. The Open Forum is an ideal opportunity for those present to offer comment or raise any issues desired. But that's just the start, the very beginning of a very special weekend of activities and there's so much more in store that we'll be sharing with you in upcoming broadcasts. Oh, and keep an eye out in your next AR magazine for our full-colour conference brochure and don't forget the registration page on the WIA website. Up, up and away, see you in Mildura. Another AGM taking place is the annual general meeting of the Wireless Institute of Australia New South Wales Division, trading as Amateur Radio New South Wales. This will be held on Saturday, April 21, 2012. At the AGM, a new council is to be appointed. 
Nominations are now open for those members who wish to be on the council for the year 2012-2013. Nomination forms available from the divisional office, also available for download from the website arnsw.org.au. And nominations close at midday, Saturday the 10th of March. Hello everyone, here's a question for you. What am I? I'm the number of notes in the traditional Western major scale. I'm the original diameter in inches of the 45 RPM gramophone record. I'm the number of cervical vertebrae in almost all mammals. I'm the atomic number of nitrogen. I'm the latest release of the Windows series of operating systems. What am I? I'm the number of days to go until the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club Field Day at Wyong on the 26th of February 2012. Seven days until Amateur Radio's big day out. Flea market from 6.30am, traders and exhibitors from 9am. Entries $12, under 17 free. And you can be talked in on the club repeater, 146.725. And remember, there'll be no exit from the car park until after 10am. So if you need to leave before, please park outside. And for more information, please go to fieldday.org.au. I'm Rod, VK2FVRJ, from the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. And as they used to say at Knock and Kirby's, bring your money with you. See you at the field day. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. On the education scene, next Sunday being the annual Central Coast Field Day at Wyong Racecourse, you'll see ARNSW assessors providing all grades of assessments. These will commence at 8.30am under the grandstand. Candidates are reminded to bring with them a passport size photo and identification. Now these exams are ideal for those in regions of the country where there are few, if any, assessors. Inquiries can still be emailed to education at arnsw.org.au. And next weekend, VK2WI News will provide a Saturday evening transmission at 7.30pm in place of the usual Sunday morning session. All the broadcast team operators will be at the field day. When you see them, say hi and thanks for the broadcast. 5th of March, ARNSW will commence its standard and advanced upgrade course every Monday evening at the Dural property. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. 13 centimetre threat in Sweden. The 2300 to 2450 MHz band in Sweden is under threat. As part of the consultation process, the Swedish National Society, SSA, has submitted its response to the regulator, the PTS. SSA argues that the amateur service should remain in the 2.3 GHz band. Wideband digital systems are becoming less sensitive to narrowband signals, which improves the possibilities for band sharing. SSA believes that communication with amateur satellites in the band 2400 to 2450 MHz should continue to be permitted. SSA is requesting to meet the PTS to discuss the technological basis for continuing the amateur service in the band. WRC 12 Nobel laureate Joe Taylor, K1JT, addresses plenary session at WRC 12 and receives ITU gold medal. Taylor, an ARRL member, 
won the Nobel Prize for Physics in 1993 for the discovery of a binary pulsar, a discovery which has opened up new possibilities for the study of gravitation. After the speech, the International Telecommunication Union Secretary-General, HB9EHT, presented Taylor with the ITU Gold Medal in recognition of Taylor's outstanding contribution to the research in the field of radio communication. Taylor began his speech by thanking the WRC-12 delegates for the job they were doing at the conference. I understand that you have come to Geneva from more than 150 of the ITU's member states, he said. You are here to do an important job, an essential one, for nearly all of humanity in today's world. You are charged to do your utmost to accommodate the wide variety of competing interests of all users of the radio frequency spectrum and its available orbits for Earth's satellites. This is surely not an easy task. Most people give very little thought to the complicated issues that you face. Why should they, since for most of us, most of the time, the technologies that depend on these limited resources just seem to work. But I know, and each one of you knows, that much background work and many long negotiations are often necessary in order to make everything fit together and work in harmony. Future technologies will surely make even better uses of wireless communication than we do today. I foresee plenty of scope for contributions for new technologies. Information and communication technologies have much to offer for the betterment of the human condition everywhere, and perhaps especially so in the developing world. It is extremely important to continue seeking the best efficiencies in the use of the spectrum. I wish you every success in your task of creating wise and fair guidelines for regulators and policymakers who must allocate the limited resources in the very best interest of all mankind. Bedford researchers use medium waves for power. The BBC report that researchers in Bedford, UK have created a system to use medium wave frequencies to replace batteries in small everyday gadgets like clocks or remote controls. Professor Ben Allen and his team at the University of Bedfordshire Centre for Wireless Research believe it to be a world first that could eventually eliminate the need for conventional batteries. The new technique uses the waste energy of radio waves and has been developed as part of the university's research into power harvesting. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news and SWL advice. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. New HF shortwave radio station sign. It is not very often that you hear a new HF shortwave radio station sign on the air. WTWW, a new international shortwave radio facility just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, has launched a new transmitter with a broadcast called This Is Only a Test. WTWW is a 100,000 watt transmitter running into a full size rhombic antenna. There are more than 1.5 billion shortwave receivers in use worldwide. The BBC estimates that at any given moment, over 200 million sets are tuned to shortwave broadcasts. VK4WIT at the John Moyle Field Day 2012. The Tark Inc. will be active during this year's John Moyle Field Day alongside the mighty Burdekin River at Bivouac Junction near Macrossan. Friday, March 16 to Sunday, March 18. It's easy to get to Bivouac Junction. Just take to the Flinders Highway between Townsville and Charter Dowes and take the right-hand turn off just before heading across the Burdigan River. Head upstream for about 2 kilometres and you are there. The site is only 20 kilometres away from Charter Dowes for any shopping trips.
Irish Radio Transmitter Society 80th Anniversary. IRTS will be celebrating its 80th anniversary this year, 2012. Details of a worldwide contest, CQIR, to take place on St Patrick's Day, Saturday the 17th of March 2012, have been announced, and full rules and information are available on the IRTS website. Heard Island de-expedition cancelled. The DX community is advised that the trip to VK0 Portable H Heard Island has been put on hold until further notice. The co-organisers, Chris VK3FY and Steve VK6IR, said the decision came in part due to the current global financial situation. The extremely high financial costs and it would take an estimated $500,000 US for such an expedition. Both Chris VK3FY and Steve VK6IR both wish to proceed to Heard Island, about 4,100 kilometres southwest of Perth in Western Australia, but the financial risks are far too great at this time. Earlier, it was announced that planning was underway for a de-expedition in February 2013 involving two weeks on what was number five of the world's most wanted DX entities worldwide. On Air Contest column, Dateline 2012, VK John Moore Memorial Field Day, March 17 and 18, Worldwide Fist Titanic Sprint, April 15. VKZL AMCW on Anzac Day, April 25. VKZL Trans Tasman Contest 80 Metres SSB, May 5. VK Shires Contest, June 9 and 10. VKZL Trans Tasman Contest 160 Metres SSB, June 25. ZL NZART Memorial Contest, July, first full weekend. VK Remembrance Day Contest, August 11 and 12. Worldwide International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend, August 18 and 19. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. Across Australia and the world via the internet, this is VK1 WIA, and you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. On the central coast of New South Wales, it can be heard on the CCARC repeater VK2RAG on 146.725 at 10am every Sunday morning. This is Ed, VK2ARE, on behalf of the Central Coast ARC. See you at Wyong! From the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news and intruder watch. Hearing Felix there with the operational news reminds me that Felix VK4FUQ has contacted the IARUMS about an automated tone burst on exactly 14.150 MHz upper sideband hours on end at Good Strength 8 in Ingham on 0124 UTC Monday. And this is what he heard. Remember, the Region 3 IARUMS coordinator is Peter Young, VK3MV. And emails to the service go to intruders at wia.org.au.
MediaWatch Field Day Cookbook published. We all love ham radio, that's why we're part of this site. And a lot of us also take part in field days and other events that require us to set up radio stations in various places, be it in a field, for a contest, over a weekend or a church fete, to promote the hobby, etc. We also need to eat. So, M0MVB has combined a love of doing field days and food by writing a barbecue cookbook aimed at the ham radio operator. It has over 100 recipes, as well as covering what's best on the barbecue to take on field days and loads of other help. The book is called A Dot of Butter and a Dash of Spice, and it can be previewed and ordered at the address in this week's text edition. Worldwide Special Interest Groups CW Morse code alive and clicking. Five years after the USA dropped the Morse code requirement, CQ magazine editor Richard Mosesson, W2VU, has published a very pointed editorial wherein it notes that both amateur radio and the use of Morse code are alive, well and growing. This despite the naysayers who predicted that the abandoning of Morse code testing would bring a sudden end to the hobby. In his editorial titled No Code Plus Five Years, an assessment W2VU states that amateur radio is still here. CW is still here, and despite the fears of many CW supporters, the universe did not implode on February 23, 2007. Rather, his article was prepared based on research that checked the signs of the state of use of Morse code by today's amateur radio community. He did this by asking manufacturers of keys and paddles about sales, talking to the Fist's Morse Preservation Group, looking at CW contest results and overall United States licensing statistics. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio At Wyong, Alara, the Australian Ladies Amateur Radio Association, will be found on the middle level of the air-conditioned grandstand building. They'll be sharing with the Hornsby and District Amateur Radio Club. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Raw Rotarians of Amateur Radio EA7GSU Perti is the president of RAW, Rotarians of Amateur Radio. Perti's Rotary District Governor has asked him to be on the air on Thursday the 23rd of February. This is the day of the birth of Rotary and the purpose is to remind the world of Rotary's campaign to stop polio now. Please note that EA7GSU will be QRV on the whole day on 3994 kHz, 7118 kHz and 14293 kHz plus or minus QRM. He'll be calling CQ Polio and telling about the project. Percy would welcome everyone to contact him and a special QSL card will be printed. As a result of his commitment to highlight Rotary's campaign to stop polio now, other RAW members from around the world have also committed to participate. In Australia, RAW members VK2IWT Noll and VK4ZD Bill hope to be on the air at least part of the day. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier Vega launch success, satellite signals heard. The very first Vega flight, VV01, lifted off at 1000 hours UTC on February the 13th from the ESA spaceport in the Caribbean, carrying eight student-built amateur radio satellites and the LARA's laser relativity satellite into orbit. At 11.53 UTC, shortly after the satellites had been deployed, Drew Glassbrenner, KO4MA, reported hearing the signals as they went past Florida. Signals were first heard in the United Kingdom at around 12.07 UTC, and in Germany, Microprecht DK3WN copied the satellites at an elevation of just 3 degrees at 12.09 UTC. 
In Sudan, NADA ST2NH received the signals from Almasat-1 and Masat-1. All the Vega Amateur Radio Satellite Project teams use the IIRU Amateur Radio Frequency Coordination Panel service. The great benefit of the IIRU coordination is that all the different UHF satellite signals could be simultaneously captured within the typical 192 kHz bandwidth of modern software-defined radios. PWSAT is the only satellite with a downlink in the 145 MHz band. Its 1200 bits per second BPSK signal on 145.900 MHz is receivable with an SSB radio and an omnidirectional antenna. Well, that's it. That's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Now, with that, it takes us to the end of WIA National News for Feb 19, 2012. On the social scene, February 26, Wyong Field Day. March 18, Sewing Circle Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross in VK7. April 14, 15 is WIA National Field Day. May 3 to 18, YL International 2012. May 5 to 6, Radar and Mark Clareview Gathering. May 25, 27, it's the WIA Annual Conference in Mildura. On the Queensland Cassowary Coast, FNARG happens June 8 to, 4, 8 to 11. July 14 in VK4 is the Wide Bay Hamfest, West Maribor Scout Hall. In VK3, July 21, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest, that's at Cranbourne, and at Rosebud by the Bay at Spark Hamfest in VK3, November 12. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Graham VK4, Baker Baker, Walk Softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.